in Disney's movie Zootopia, there's this incredible scene at the beginning where a dad is talking to his daughter who has these wild dreams about her life. And he says, do you ever wonder how your mom and me became so happy? We gave up our dreams and settled. That's the beauty of complacency. It's great to have dreams, just as long as you don't believe in them too much. You're listening to the 10 Minute Think Through, a 10 point conversation about the Bible, theology, and current events. So when we talk about uh, what it looks like to, to work, obviously my first, uh, my first tendency is to, to look at Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe is the host of the Discovery Channel's program, Dirty Jobs, where he spends time with people in really uh, interesting, but not, not the type of jobs that you would maybe think rise to the top of the charts as most desirable jobs in the country. So. Recently, Mike was written and asked how to find the right career, and his response went something like this. He responded, stop looking for the right career and start looking for a job, any job. Forget about what you like. Focus on what's available. Get yourself hired, show up early, stay late, and volunteer. Become indispensable. You can always quit later, but don't waste another year looking for a career that doesn't exist. Most of all, stop worrying about your happiness. Happiness does not come from a job. So as we talk about work and what it means, what do you think? I feel like I'm a product of that first generation of uh, you can do anything you want, like believe and it's yours. And uh, that is terrible advice. You can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. That's all of Disney. So this is the thing. I'm just, I'm just going to have a mini rant right here is there's a huge like backlash against millennials because of this very thing where, cause I think there's this big culture feeling among millennials that they should fulfill their dreams. Right. And like, you know, do what you dream of, forget the money and everything. Um, but that's the culture has created. Like that's all of Disney. That's all Disney tells our children is that like, dream it, do it. Sure. You know what I mean? There are 7 million men in the United States of America. How many people are in the United States of America? 300 like million. 300 million, right? yeah. 7 million able-bodied men between the ages of 25 and 54. So older millennials up through beginning of Gen X, right? Yeah. Not looking for work. So they're not working and they're not even working at working. Not trying to get a job. I saw this incredible moment on TV the other day where this character was asked, uh, so have you found a job yet? And he goes, no, but uh, I'm waiting for the universe to provide me a job. And I think that's a very representative of how some people feel. I want to go back to the whole millennial thing because I think that what you're saying is, is really interesting because I do think that, I think the idea of do what you love, right? Isn't that, I mean, that statement is older than the millennials who are saying it, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah, yeah. The idea of pursuing what you're passionate about, going after your dream job. I think that's more than the, just a millennial issue. I think that it's uh I think that it's it's a fairy tale that is lived out only on the screen. Yeah. You know? Uh, because there's no matter what job you do, right? There's there's work. There's just get it dunesmanship required. That's right. In the day in and day out. I come from a family of uh, contractors, which is ironic because I can't I can't drive a nail. <laughs> and um, my dad used to have my dad's a he has a company that's uh, has masonry contractors, like brick and block. And he used to have this chart. I remember it, it was in his truck all the time. And uh, it had on one side, 
it had a number of what you would make if you became a brick mason at certain ages in your life. And then up the other axis of the chart, it had starting salaries for certain professions if you began with a degree. And there was this intersection of at what point your pay would be this at what point you would make the same amount of money so as a brick mason you know those guys were make making at that point 18 20 dollars an hour something like that and it takes till your mid 40s essentially to earn the same wage in most you know many average earning careers that might be white collar jobs yeah I fascinating think i'm sorry fascinating. Yeah, yeah i mean you know just when you consider huh. the pure practicality of wage earning yeah, yeah. I think that, uh, so the whole micro angle for me came from, um, I watched this TED talk of his, and he describes in sometimes graphic detail uh, <laughs> the, the extent of the dirty of dirty jobs. But he, he does make a really interesting statement. He goes, some of the happiest people in the world are the ones who come home covered in sweat, smelling awful at the end of the day. Yeah, direct you know? quote, people with dirty, the dirtiest jobs are happier. That's what right. he said. So, yeah. So I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that's an interesting angle. And I think it has, you know, you might be wondering, like, okay, so why are we talking about this? I mean, this right. might qualify as a current event, but it feels like <laughs> a stretch, you know. even stretch after our yoga Even more episode. so than yoga, yeah. But, uh, but I think that there's probably something, something to this in the, uh, the spiritual letdown that I think a lot of people feel a few months into their relationship with Jesus. Because I think that what it's... Uh, what it comes down to is like that. Yes, this is a powerful moment of change. There's lots of emotion and lots of passion and lots of things like you know built into it. But the truth about following Jesus is you have to, you get up in the morning and you read your Bible and you pray and you you know and you try to remember what you read and what you prayed and then tomorrow you do the exact same thing and you fight against sin and that's work that's yeah. spiritual work and, and it's not nothing glamorous. glamorous yeah right yeah. did we just say the same we said the same thing right yeah. so jinx, <laughs> on jinx, me. jinx again <laughs> spirits leading this conversation so i was thinking about how i think in christian circles the word that manifests itself often is calling right? What are you called to? What is the Lord calling you to? And there can be some prosperity gospel parts of that thrown in there. Me coming out of college recently, I heard a lot about calling and my friends and I have talked and thought a lot about what are we being called to do? And I remember when I started working at the church, I, I had this uh, my friends started experiencing crises because um, James and I, we had the same circle of friends. We both started working at the church at the same time. And our friends started experiencing these crises of like, well, if I'm not working at a church, if I'm not going on mission, am I fulfilling my calling? Or, you know, is my calling to be a physical therapist or a teacher or a whatever, a graphic designer? Um, because none of those are spiritual disciplines, right? And so um, I can remember, so, and that continues to come up so clearly where if you're not doing those kinds of things, if you're not passionate about those kinds of things, are you fulfilling your calling? Um, and to that, I, Jill was reading this book this past week. Uh, was it A Thousand Gifts, I think? And Voskamp. Yes. yes. She was reading this book this past week, and she was telling me about this one part where it talks about jobs and talks about working. And it's saying, if we're praying for things like, God, please, you know, teach my children well and help them to be well-educated by a loving teacher. Someone has to be that loving teacher who's the answer to prayer, 
right? If your plumbing stops working and your water is overflowing in your bathroom, um, you might pray, God, send me someone to fix this. A plumber is literally an answer to that prayer. And so in so many ways, we have to think about work in not what's glamorous or unglamorous, but what is what is God doing to fulfill prayers and what is God doing to like call people in ways that aren't necessarily directly spiritual, you know? Yeah, vocation is part of our humanness, humanity, um, pre-fall. God told Adam to work the garden before sin entered into it. It wasn't as if there was, there was it just blossomed awesome fruit and everybody got to sit around and have worship services all the time. It, it was work from the beginning, and, and there's nobility in that no matter what our work is. I love I, Mike Rowe's, um No, go ahead. I go love ahead. Mike Rowe's, uh, term. He says there's a, a, mar- a marginalization of lots of jobs. We've kind of pushed out into the fringes, um, blue-collar work in many ways, hard work, hard labor, and, uh, and you know, <laughs> one of the things that, even in what we do, um, we talk a lot about, uh, you know, it's it's difficult to to leave it at the office. You know, I go home thinking about certain things. Wake up in the morning thinking about certain things. It's a beautiful deal. I wouldn't trade it for anything. But there's something really special about getting to to go to work, do what you do all day long, finish. You know, and and go home, have dinner with your family. You know, attend small group at your church, whatever whatever that might look like and get up and do it again tomorrow, it's just different, right? It's vocation. Calling and vocation uh, are different for different people, different jobs. That doesn't make one more unique than another. I want to even just, you know, I want to ask about the word passion. So, you know, that comes up a lot when I talk to people, and I'm sure when you talk to people like, you know, in that stage of life where they're deciding and maybe beginning to pursue certain, you know, whether it's a vocation or education, you know, for that, um, that the word, uh, I, what am I passionate about comes up a lot. And sometimes I wonder if you're giving yourself too much credit, you know, in being the decider of what you're passionate about. You know what I mean? Um, some of the most fulfilled times of my life or when I do things that I'm not passionate about. And it's because there's a, there's a feeling that you get just from finishing something, you know? Um, I had this, you know, this friend who, who told me like when, if you, if you do work with your hands, you should Sabbath with your mind. If you work with your mind, you should Sabbath with your hands. And so there's something to like, there's something to, to just doing something because it's hard. And I think that that's, that's a good thing. And work is supposed to be hard. Let's remember that. Right. Like that part of the like the the the, the curse in from Eden is that we were Adam was told he would toil with, with the ground. Right. So um, I think it shouldn't always be the thing that you're most passionate about. Yeah. What we're most passionate about is Jesus and the gospel. Yeah. Working hard to honor him. You know, no matter what we do is possible. We're most passionate about sharing the gospel through our work. You know, the people we're around, the the opportunities we get and what he sends us to do. And uh, that has to happen uh, in, in every form of work. I love uh, Rose Ted talk at the end. Uh, this was 2008 when he did this thing. He's standing in front of a bunch of Silicon Valley executives. And uh, it's kind of a, I think it's kind of a lame request to be honest, but he kind of, he, he basically says uh, there needs to be a PR campaign for hard work. Uh, I don't know how much that would solve 
but uh, I've been watching TV a bunch since 2008. I still haven't seen that happen. Yeah. Right. He, he was already calling yeah. for it, That's so saying much. it's long overdue. Nine well, here we are years nine ago. years later, yeah. and, and uh, it's still, I don't think we've made a lot of progress. Well, and so much of our culture is driven, goals and culture in the United States are driven by media in so many ways, and now it's social media. And so the most ideal person that you follow on your social media timeline, that's probably the ideal that you're striving for or you're hoping for. And he's right. There's not a lot of glamour and not a lot of people are are excited to be electricians or excited to be carpenters. Um, That hasn't changed, unfortunately. But what value there would be, I mean... Uh, just like we've been talking about, you can be passionate about those things. And I hope you would be, um, Jesus was a carpenter for goodness sake. So like there's obviously value there, but, um, even I'm thinking systematically what value it would be if, um, one of the things he talks about is how, you know, our infrastructure needs an, you know, an estimated $2 trillion worth of labor to be able to like bring it to just an, our ex- roads. To an yes. acceptable level. Yeah. He's saying this is in 2008 and he was saying that it, it got rated a D minus our infrastructure did, but there are, are very few people who are equipped to be able to fix it. <laughs> right. And so even from like, just a like lifestyle and comfort of living, we really need people to be doing these blue collar jobs. Like it's not just like, a, Oh, it's kind of cute. You know, it's any important. job you do, any work that you do is work that can glorify the Lord. That's right. Right. So, um, we work as if we're working for the Lord because we are right. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the 10 minute think through. If you enjoyed our podcast, please take a moment to rate us on the iTunes or Android podcast store. You can find all of our episodes and submit a topic request on our website, 10minutethinkthrough.com.